You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution. Welcome to the Scale with Speed podcast. I'm Matt Monero. And I'm Judge Graham. What are we talking about today, buddy? Dude, we're talking about having tough conversations in the workplace. Um, if if you're listening and you don't get uncomfortable having tough conversations, then you ain't having tough conversations. Because yeah. tough conversations are tough. Um, are tough, and they make you uncomfortable, and um, and they're scary, and they have real implications. Such as if you have to have a tough conversation with your number one sales guy, you might lose revenue. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you're having tough conversations with <clears throat> with someone who has a bunch of stuff going on on their home in their home life, and you're not sensitive or recognizing of that, then you know you're probably going to have somebody yeah. quit and, and be pissed. There's a there's a million different reasons that go into the cause of having tough conversations, and we're going to dig into a bunch of them today. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Bob. So I was gonna, I, one thing I you know everybody listening to this podcast, it's such easy correlations to work back to home life. I mean. Tough conversations need to be had also at home. Yeah. Could be with your kids, could be with your spouse, could be with your in-laws. But before we dive into this matter, because I love this one, and it took me a, I wouldn't say a long time, but I had to experience a lot of pain and loss of income as it relates to business until I just landed the plane on this one. <clears throat> and I, I would call them fierce conversations. Okay. Right? And so what I want everybody <clears throat> to really understand, because this, this podcast is called scale with speed. Dude, if you don't have tough conversations, you will not scale with speed. You will not compress time. And let me just give a quick example. You know you have that individual that you just can't stand talking to in your organization. You know there's a problem. He knows there's a problem. There's fucking tension and it continues to build and your ass just thinks it's gonna go away. I'm gonna let it ride out. He or she will quit. It, you know, I know their numbers are down. It's not that bad. And then weeks go by and maybe even a month goes by and the loss of revenue, the loss of morale, how you feel, even though you don't realize it every day, that you don't even go in your own fucking office. <laughs> happy. Happy is because you were too scared to have this conversation. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. So frame that up as you go into this and how important it is because now imagine if you just had it, how you compress time, how you you feel better, more than likely how that individual feels better because the other tip I'm going to give you is more than likely they want to have that conversation. Yeah. They 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 know it too just like you know it, just both you are too scared to have it. Dude, I'm going I got a story uh, for today that that um, helps solidify the back half of what you just said. They want to have it, right? Yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little story here in a minute that I think would be ideal here. But l- let's give some examples of more examples of what a tough conversation actually looks like, right? The employee performance is below expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna fire somebody. That's a tough conversation too. Totally. Right? What impact does that have? Um, they're bothering in parentheses, other employees. Yeah. What does that mean? They're talking... Distracting them. Uh, or maybe being even, negative. Maybe even harassing them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, it's, it's... Flirting with them. Flirting with them, be, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, how about 
and by the way, we're talking about just in the employee side of things too, but you know, you gotta have tough conversations with customers too, right? Sure. But what if the client isn't happy with the service that they're getting from the account manager? Yeah. I mean, you gotta have a tough conversation, you're gonna lose the damn client. Sure. Um, how about they smell like booze? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Guy comes on in and you just you're like well, it kind of did smell like booze this yeah. morning. What about reefer? Yeah, Man, that guy did smell like reefer this morning. What's yeah. going on there? Right. You know, what is the culture? Do you want to talk to him about it or not? And then this is kind of odd, but it does happen. Man, they don't dress well enough. Sure. They just don't uphold the standards of the organization. They just sort of look frumpy or look like shit. And it just, you know, I mean, you would never see a UPS driver not in brown. Yeah. I mean, it's just how they do it there, you right. know? Yeah. So small examples, but real examples of things that um, make that conversation uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we could both go a laundry list oh, more, and the listeners huge. can as well, you yeah. know? Um, Judge, give a story of how you had to have a tough conversation. What was it about? How did you have it? And what was the outcome? Yeah, totally. I remember uh, fundamentally when uh, SQ1 was pivoting from this idea of being a digital creative boutique agency to a, a fierce commitment of data and results. Okay, so the tide was about to shift from creative-led the strategy to data and analytics living the strategy. Had a great creative guy at the time, right? Leading up our creative teams. And uh, you know, he just couldn't make that pivot, right? Uh -huh. and, and and again, it wasn't right or wrong. It was the where we were going as a business. And you know, this is a real tough conversation because great guy, great work, great leader, great morale, fit the culture, everything, but the business has changed. And you got to sit down and have that conversation with the guy because this festered for a couple of weeks because, you know, we're changing process. We're leading things. And he's saying, no, 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 no. I need more Dude, time. I need more time. The idea drives it, the creative. And I'm going, no, 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 no. The fucking cost per click is driving it. The bounce rate's driving it. And, and the data's driving it. They like the red button, not the blue button. No, 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 but blue's on brand. No, 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 red button, right? <laughs> We're using the red button. So that got contentious, uh -huh. right? So you literally had to sit down and have that conversation of going, you know, um, dude, you're not going to be a fit here anymore. And I believe fundamentally you can't change. Mm. And, and you need to be in an environment where the blue button matters more than the red button. And so, you know, today's your last day and we're going to, we're going to pay you through. And, you know, I, I hope you, you, you know, you leave on good terms and you've got to rally your rest of your team because we need them. And, um, you know, it was a tough conversation, man. I mean, because we had so many people that um, believed in him, and he was a great leader. And he had done a good job. He'd done in an that amazing mission. job, right? Right. And so the the conversation was really one you didn't want to have specifically because I like the fucking guy. Yeah. Right. And and the team liked him, and he did great work. But you had to have it, and if I wouldn't have had it, um, it would have lingered, and we would have started to lose some of those accounts, which, from a fiduciary perspective, wasn't right for everybody else. Yeah, man. And that's a big money uh, deal as well, too. I mean, that was a guy that had a successful career and was. Oh, yeah. Shooting, I mean, he, so. we, we paid him, you know, 
mid six figures. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big that was a big yeah. loss. He's on the executive team. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, mine isn't my my story on, on the tough conversation is not quite as um, expensive as that one is. But uh, I remember having a, a guy doing telemarketing for us, and um, this guy was a really weird cat. His name was Larry, and he drove a big black van like a 1970s like the 18 <laughs> <laughs> like BA's van <laughs> with the red stripes more like Scooby Doo's okay. van is but black, like a, but black. <laughs> and this crazy son of bitch man he smoked like a chimney and this crazy bastard would go out he would take his lunch break and he would sit in his van in the parking lot and he would smoke and eat his lunch in a hundred degree oh, weather dude, I'm getting no, the visual it just sounds fucking off no air conditioning oh. or nothing I mean it was just crazy I'm about to cough just thinking about it <laughs> and, and Larry's performance uh, was good, started out good, and then just began to trail, as we all have experienced, right? And the tough conversation was, uh, and I was so young in my career, dude, I just, I, I labored over this conversation mm. of how do I get rid of Larry, right? I mean, I just, dude, I lost sleep over it, right? This also gives you an idea of, of vision or lack of vision of the organization yeah. and expectations <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Like, I was worried Larry was going to quit. Yeah. This guy's smoking. Yeah. And, you know, probably drinking at a party. It was yeah. crazy. He's probably making calls. Inside. It was nuts. Yeah, give Larry his space in yeah. a black van in 100-degree weather. So I said, Larry, we're going to have a talk. And he, uh, he, he carried this, like, lawyer's briefcase, uh, one of those box briefcases, and uh, we met at the conference table, and he, like, slams his briefcase down on the table yeah. very aggressively, right? Dramatic. Dramatic. Yeah. And I said, uh, Larry, I, I, I got to let you go. And, uh, and he looked me straight in the eye, and he said, you should have fired me three weeks ago. Yeah, and I've had that too. And, and I said to myself, I will never mm. be afraid of that conversation again, because if I'm ready, I'm late. Yeah, not only that, Matt. I want to. I want to piggyback off of that, dude. The team knows when somebody shouldn't be there, and whether you realize it or not, they're looking towards your leadership and they're talking and going, "Why the fuck is Billy still here, or Bob, or Steve, or whoever?" I'm just making up a name, right? They're like, "This dude doesn't fit the culture." He's, he's, he's creating issues, he's causing anxiety, and he's being disrespectful. Why isn't our leader doing something yeah. about it? Okay, so this tough conversation, this idea and this concept is much bigger than your feeling and, you know, uh, the examples that just Matt and I gave, but there's a trickle effect to the organization, okay? It's very clear when someone doesn't belong anymore and if you just want to let it play out and see if it self-selects, dude, you, you're you're being a bad leader, in my opinion. Dude, I, I just couldn't agree with you more. But but we lose sleep over these tough conversations. Right. So let's give our listening audience a, a, a two primary concepts that make tough conversations so much easier. And the first is you have to care about the other person. Look, we just, you know, we, we just had an example this morning in which I was having a conversation with a with a sales guy about um, you know, dude, it's go time yeah. for you. Like Well that was a tough con it was a great you did a great job, but that was a tough conversation because it was just a tough one. But but I, I needed him to understand that regardless of the outcome, 
I want the best for him. Mm. So I'm interested in his life getting better than where it is right now. Yeah. Forget about the economics in, in the business. It's how do you get to the next level? So that's the first element of reducing the toughness of these tough and fierce conversations, as you call it. The second piece, which I want you to dig into, is do you have data that helps support your reasoning for having the tough conversation, mm. right? I mean, how yeah. we, we either have to present with care of the individual right. or we have to present with that. Yeah, and this gets back to, and I don't want to steal thunder here, so chime in. This is setting expectations, guys, right? So we'll use an example we talk about all the time about on the ships, and Matt is, is relentless. It's like, hey, dude, you want to work here as a salesperson? Yeah, great. <clears throat> My average sales um, people make X. You like that salary? Yeah, it sounds great. Awesome. Okay, now in order to make that, we have a proven formula. You gotta, we're gonna give you the list, we're gonna give you the computer, we're gonna give you the phone, we're gonna give blah, 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 we're gonna set you up for success. You have to make 175 calls, I'm making this up. Those calls turn into X amount of demos, those demos then turn into X amount of proposals, and on average, those proposals convert at this rate. Okay, that's the job, that's the requirement in order to make the number I showed you. Are you comfortable with that number? Well, yeah, I want it. Awesome. How's that conversation now play out, Matt, if four days go by and they're making 50 calls versus 175, that tough conversation isn't as tough anymore, is it? Yeah, that's the perfect example of using data to to reduce the toughness of the conversation. We set the expectation. Everybody agreed on it. It was clear. It was a miss. We talked to him, remind him of the expectation that was set right. and clear and agreed upon, and then there's a miss, right? Now, the first two misses, we would suggest you have a caring conversation. The right. third miss is, what are we going to do, yeah. right? Without change, there won't be change. So what are you going to now do? The organization's giving you everything you need, and the data's saying you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Do you need more training? Do you need more management? Do you need more leadership? What is it that you need? Because in most of those situations, they just need more work. Mm -hmm. They just got to do more work and they're not willing to do it. Yeah. So the point is the two ways that tough conversations get easier for both sides is that you lead with care, the individual care. You care about the person's success, his family or her family's success, and then you bring data in to support it. Yeah, it's 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 huge. It, it and, and what we've seen play out is when you do both of those, you start to see them coming before you come. Hey, Mr. Monero, I just wanted to let you know, I, I appreciate you so much. I can tell that you care about me and, and, and I care about this organization. You've clearly outlined what I need to do. I'm just not a fit. It's not for me. It's not for me. It, it, and I can promise you that happens. And when you start to see that happen, you know you're onto something special. You call it this self-selecting process. Yeah, it's it self-selects. Dude, this is how we do it here. This is our culture. These are our behaviors. This is our belief systems. And it quickly, you quickly understand do you belong or not. It's like being a part of a team or a tribe or a religion or whatever it is. You either feel like you're a part of it or you're not. And it's your job as the leader to do that. And those tough conversations now aren't tough. But Judge, this is what we see over and over with our uh, Burn the Ships attendees, who, by the way, are many are very successful business guys in the initial phase of zero to five million. 
and then the the, the, the the organization starts to break and where it falls down is culture doesn't give them the strength to lead with care yep. and they have no systems to support data collection yeah. they just haven't set the expectations yeah. so it, the guy's like floating around and kind of jenny's doing this they're still and, entrepreneur and they haven't converted to ceo or business totally owner. it's exactly what it is so, you know, th this this is a great one, this this tough conversations. And, you know, I think, Matt, I love that. Lead with care and then lead with data, mm -hmm. right? Now, it's a self-reflection moment for, for everybody listening or watching right now. Have you done both of those? Have you provided, are you pissed off and frustrated, but yet you haven't provided the success roadmap? You haven't given them what they needed to be successful. So therefore that conversation is really tough and you're, you're mad at yourself and you don't even know it, right? You have to have self-reflection and make sure before you have any tough conversation, did you set up this individual for success? Were you clear on the expectations? Are they clear on the culture? Are they clear on what they're accountable for? And, and, you know, are you leading with care? And if you're doing all that, guess what? Conversation isn't tough. Dude, it's no longer <laughs> tough. But here's the, here's the crazy part about it. Everybody thinks the system has to grow to a certain level through chaos and then break, and then you have to do this. No, no. Listen, we teach at Burn the Ships, you can do this from day one. Yeah. Follow the steps from day one, and you'll eliminate this school of hard knocks, which which Judge and I believe is not a school at all. It's actually a freaking nightmare, mm -hmm. right? But everybody has this badge of courage that I, I came up through the school of hard knocks. And we're here to tell you, dude, it doesn't, business doesn't have to be that. Mm -hmm. There is a systematic approach to running a successful business. And we teach it at Burn the Ships. So I'm going to plug it, burntheships.com. Go click boot camp and come to our October boot camp in Dallas. All right, buddy. So we have... We have our Monday moments. Right. And, you know, what's great about this, Matt and I are so tactical, right? So we want to make sure that <clears throat> there's some actions you can take tomorrow or on Monday um, that you get to walk away with. And we've got five. So, Matt, why don't you leave with the first one? Okay. We, you touched on it earlier. Number one of your Monday moment. And listen, if you have to take all fucking weekend and you have to cancel your date night and you don't go to the games, you need to take the time to redo these expectations within mm -hmm. your organization. You got to set crystal clear expectations for everybody that says, this is how we do it here. And Judge and I would go so far as to say, set them in everything. Mm. This is like, um, you know, as we've been looking at, uh, at budget stuff, the question has been, what about travel? Right? Yeah. What are we doing for travel expense with right. Corona and all that sort of stuff? And and we now would like to put travel back into this into the budget and the schedule. And my response was, well, who's going to travel? And the names that were thrown out were some of our younger sales guys, newer sales guys, right? And I said, well, um, do they know how to carry the bag? That's what I refer to travel yeah, as, yeah, carrying the bag, right? Carry the bag. Like, I mean, you just, if, if anybody's been on the road with like a, with old school sales guy, I mean, like the briefcase, like my old briefcase, remember, yeah, Judge? That yeah. was carrying the bag. Judge, yeah. Judge bought me a new briefcase, and I love it. I, I use it all the time, and I turned in my old briefcase. And, dude, uh, let me tell you something. Just on a side note, I bet 10 people have bought me new briefcases over the years, and I never could give up my old briefcase. But I, yeah. I, I but yours was so functional and so cool to me. That I know I how to carry the fucking bag. <laughs> American Airlines can 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 prove it with data. So I just uh, I just have this vision of this this road warrior. If you're allocating company 
profits and, and, and money to it, do they know how to carry the bag? And the reason it connects to the expectation piece is I said, I want to train these guys. I only need an hour, but I want those guys to know this is how you stay in a fucking hotel. This is how you fucking fly. This is how many appointments you'll be on when you're using company money. This is the car that you drive. This is how you set your day. You're going to take the early morning flight and you're going to take the late night flight out. I want to train you on how to carry the bag my way. And the reason for that is because, you know, when I uh, learned the, the, the guy that I first worked for all those years ago was a freakazoid about travel expenses. He wanted you to travel, but he forced the training of how you traveled in his version of it. Yeah. So how do you set the expectations and go set them for everybody? Okay, number two. Yeah. Number two is use your core values as the foundation for the tough conversation. So if you're in an organization right now and you don't have a belief system, you don't have habits based on core values, it's it, it's it's harder to have those tough conversations, right? If <clears throat> If one of your core values is speed, and you've laid out the accountability using Matt's example of, you know, this is how we carry the bag. And, you know, you do 15 appointments every time you travel. Why? Because speed is a core value of ours. And we compress time and we figure out how to do 15 when most salespeople only can do 10 or whatever it is. Now, when I sit down and you didn't carry the bag right and you only got five consistently, dude, I sit down. That tough conversation goes back to Matt's one. We talked about 15 appointments. I taught you how to get to 15. You agreed on how to get to 15. And oh, by the way, remember that core value we all live by? Speed, <clears throat> compressed time? Dude, what's going on? That's much different than going, not setting expectations, not having a core value, and then just getting pissed off at the individual because they haven't done what they you think they should have done. You know, dude, that, that guy that I worked for that talked about training the bag, here, here's one thing he would do. Like if, if a few of us went to an event we had to sit at different tables. He said, why, why would I have two of you or three of you sit at one table, the six top, yeah. so you dominate the table? No, one of you at each table, so you have five prospects for every one of you at each yeah, table. That's brilliant. I mean, it sounds simple, but, but that's what you have to do to get people to figure it out. Um, number three is the one that, that I didn't understand I was doing it, and I, it's, it's a huge regret that I have in my, my career. Um, Number three is praise in public, problem in private. Mm, big. Dude, I didn't understand it. And I, 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 I have to admit it. Like, I didn't understand it until a couple years ago. And even then, I truly didn't understand it. And I'm going to tell the story of, of how I, I saw you do it recently in a, in a meeting where um, you had a tough conversation with the organization and we had someone that was, uh, she had already put in her two weeks. She was leaving the company. And, and during that meeting, I was saying, you know, oh, man, you know, Judge just threw the hammer down on that one, right? I'm saying that to myself. And when the meeting was over, she came up to you and said, hey, Judge, can I have a conversation with you outside? Yeah. And I said to myself, oh, boy. <laughs> She's on her way out. She is about to lay into his ass, yeah. right? And give her a piece of her give him a piece of her mind. Yeah. And and she said to you, that was the best meeting I've ever been in. Yeah. And the company needed that meeting and she appreciated you for doing yeah. it. And I if I don't know if you remember it, but I was driving home and I called you. I said, I, I just saw why she said that. Yeah. And the reason was because you never called anyone individually out. You kept it as a collective unit 
represented or, or pointing out the problems collectively. When I have had those meetings year upon year upon year, I, I relished the opportunity to call the individual out in public hmm. and, and to go even so far as to potentially embarrass them. Yeah. And that was such a terrible flaw in my character to do that. I didn't understand that you praise in public and you problem in private. Yeah, it's it's huge, Matt. I mean, that's what a great one to add. So right now, you know, self-reflection moment. How are you handling those problems? Right? Because <clears throat> back to the tough conversation, it's a lot easier in a group to boast your chest out like a peacock and, and, and just start yelling and calling one individual out because you got numbers and you got an audience, okay? That's the wrong way to handle it, right? You know, and, and for the female listeners or whatever, I would say, listen, man up, okay? Have it in private. Have the tough conversation. Use what we're telling you because the organization needs it. The individual needs it. That's a great one, Matt. I love mm. it. Praise in public, problem in private. All right, so the next one. Have backup data to support your position, right? I think we've belabored this one, right? You can't have tough conversations and be frustrated or upset with someone for missing something if you haven't properly provided the roadmap, the expectation, the ability to be successful. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, you don't have a system that accurately mm -hmm. tracks it. Once you have those things, you lead data to lead the conversation, right? It's not, hey, why aren't you hitting your sales number? It's, hey, Jimmy, I'm struggling here a little bit, bud. You're, you're down month over month. And I went back and looked, and it, it looks like to me that, you know, you've been making on average 50 calls a day. And the other month you were making 175. Yeah. So what can I do, Billy, to help or Jimmy, to help you get to the 175? That's a totally different conversation. You're not working hard enough. Well, I sure thought I was working right. hard. I go home tired every day. Yeah. You're not doing your job. To what To what expectation? Right. I thought I was. <laughs> right. well, and you uncover things. Maybe it's, hey, you know, boss, I, 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 uh, I'm glad you asked because um, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, you know, uh, operations changed our list. And now... I can't, it's bad data and I can't call. Yeah. So now you have the conversation with ops and say, have you realized what's happening here? Yeah. Well, boss, I was trying to save, you know, a hundred bucks a month. No, 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 no. Like get the right <laughs> list back. You uncover things by having the tough conversations and you need the data and diligence. So the number five of the Monday <clears throat> moments for, for how to have the tough conversations is uh, give them another chance. But... Make sure you get, in, in parentheses, what we're calling a Roger that moment. It means that the other side heard you, repeated the problem, defined the action change. Right. They Roger, dude, I get it. I heard you, boss. I appreciate the second chance. Now I'm going to go change. It was, uh, two hours ago, I would have disagreed with five until I saw you handle that tough conversation with our sales guy this morning. Mm -hmm. And what was my response? I was checked out and I was like, hey dude, why don't you just, just fucking go home and, and, and figure out what you need to do, right? And you came back to five now and I, and I loved it. You said, you know, no, here's what you need to do. I need you to do this one more time and put it in and then we'll know. And, and I would have never have done that, but now watching how you handled that situation, 
Dude, that, that's it's spot on. We're going to give you another chance. Yeah. Um, but I need <clears throat> to hear that you heard me. Right. And I need a Roger that moment. I need yeah. you. To, it's, Roger that is a military term that when Roger that is said back to the commanding officer, it means the subordinate. Um, understood. Understood. Right. Like clearly understood right. the mission. Which you gave out. You said the mission is going to be 100 call. this, 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 this. Yeah. And then you literally said... Are we good with that? And this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, he didn't say Roger that, but yeah. he said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, but you could see that <clears> there, <throat> still, there still was hesitancy. Yeah, but right? that's that's just how it plays out, you know. Yeah. The, the point, I think the big takeaway for anybody listening to is that is that you're looking for people that say Roger that before you need to ask. Like, right. <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to ask. If you, if you keep having to give extra chances and yeah. you're getting a lot of Roger Listen, number five said give them another chance, right? Not multiple. Let's just be clear on that. Right? That's where I am going to push back. Uh, if it's so more than true, one, there's man. probably going to be pushback. All right, listen, everybody. Burntheships.com. Burntheships.com. Click boot camp October 7th and 8th in Dallas, Texas. Killer event. Watch the testimonials. Watch the sizzle reel. Um... The most important thing, too, is click the damn like button. Tell your entrepreneurial friends about this podcast. We believe it. it is one of the Hit most. A comment. Yeah, leave us your comments. We'd love to do a Q&A section uh, down the road, a, a whole episode dedicated to that. But most importantly, do what we're telling you to do. This isn't fantasy shit. Mm-hmm. This is not some book that we read and we're regurgitating. This is shit that we have lived right. just like you're living. Yeah. So we're going to see y'all down the road. Get the books. Uh, the Grit. We need to put The Grit out. I don't think it's there. Yeah. Matt's book, Matt Monero, The Grit. Great book. Matt Monero, You Need More Money. Um, great book. My two books, Scale with Speed, Mastering Recurring Revenue. See you down the road. And as always, make it happen. You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution.